people have been asking, and it is finally here. My next live event, Work On Your Game Live, is taking place. Write these dates down. February 3rd and 4th, that's a Friday and a Saturday, here in beautiful, sunny, warm Miami, Florida, February 2023, February 3rd and 4th. At this event, we're going to help you achieve three specific things. You can write these things down too. Number one, help you raise your level of performance because as I always say, this is a performance-based business that we are in. Number two, increase the consistency of your performance, which means you don't only perform at a high level, but you can do it over and over and over again. And number three, you're going to make more money in your business. If you are into making more money and generating more revenue in your business, we're going to do all of that. Those three things, performance, consistency, revenue, at Work On Your Game Live. Now, how we're going to do that are four specific things, the mindset that you need to show up every day and do the work, the strategy so that you have a game plan of action, the system so that you can execute the strategy consistently without fail with very little variation from moment to moment, and the execution to go and get it done over and over and over again. Those are just the details. But just keep these three things in mind that I told you at the top. Performance, consistency, income. If you are interested in any one of those three things or two of them or all three, go to workonyourgame.live. Again, workonyourgame.live. Get your ticket to the event. I am hosting. I will be teaching the entire two days. We'll give you food and snacks and coffee and donuts and all that. We have VIP dinners both nights that are optional if you would like to join. And I mean, it's Miami. Who doesn't want to be in Miami in the middle of February when it's the coldest part of the year everywhere else in the United States? Get your ticket by going to workonyourgame.live. Then text me. Let me know that you're coming. And we're going to know who everybody is, who needs to meet who. I'm going to make sure everybody gets exactly what you need out of that. You will not leave that room unless you have a full game plan moving forward of action to take your business where it needs to go. Workonyourgame.live. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out. And leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894. 305-384-6894. Straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. 99% of life you have no control over. So even if you think there is some mass conspiracy against you because you are blank, whatever group you feel like there's a conspiracy against that you're a part of, 99% of life you don't control. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOlDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game.
You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. What is that? That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together to a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is we're going to talk about the inequalities that do not get discussed. Now, there are a bunch that have been discussed. We're going to talk about the ones that don't get talked about often enough. They're going to get talked about here today. Trust me. So before we get into that, let me tell you about it. I have a daily motivation text message that I send out free of charge every single morning to everyone who's in my text community. If you would like to receive this message that is guaranteed to do three things, going to keep you focused, going to keep you sharp, and it's going to keep you on point. You want to receive that message? Text me at my number right now, which is 305-384-6894, so that every morning when I send out the daily motivation text, you will be a recipient straight to your phone. Second, if you have not yet gotten your free copy of my book called The Third Day, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs, I will send you a free copy of that book because in that book, what I'm doing is showing people like yourself how to show up and give your best effort when you least feel like it. Even on the days when your energy is not quite there, you're not quite feeling it, you're not getting the results that you wanted, the last day didn't go too great. How do you show up and give your best effort anyway today? That book will show you exactly how to do this in a strategic way so that you can do it over and over again. It's not based on getting hype or getting quote unquote motivated. That book is at thirddaybook.com. The book's free, just covered the shipping. And the third thing, all you business-minded folks who are interested in making more money in your business, I'm going to go over with you the five things that people who are in the top 1% of what they do, what they do in their businesses that many other people don't do, that 99% are not doing. I'll explain what it is, why it is, and how it is. Just go to workonyourgame.net. The training is completely free just to set aside 45 minutes of time to take in what I'm going to share in that training. Again, that's at workonyourgame.net. Now, with all that said, let's get into today's topic which is, once again, the inequalities that do not get discussed. Now, we hear a lot of talk these days about inequalities. And, of course, we all know we have the DIE initiative, diversity, diversity, inclusion, and equality. And we also hear about the inequalities and the gaps in certain areas between different groups of people, whether it be gender groups, racial groups, religious groups, socioeconomic groups, when it comes to success, wealth, income, whatever. And here's the thing that I want you to understand, because what we're talking about here today is inequalities that don't get discussed. It's not that these inequalities don't exist. They actually do exist. What is challenging with these inequalities that get thrown out often with no context is the false argument that these inequalities are somehow immoral or that someone or some group has done something wrong to kind of manufacture these inequalities or that these inequalities actually shouldn't exist that these inequalities that get brought up shouldn't exist, that there should not be a gap in success. There shouldn't be a gap in wealth. There shouldn't be a gap in achievement. There shouldn't be a gap in academic performance. I'm here to let you know, on the contrary, there absolutely should be a gap in all of these things. Success, wealth, income, achievement, performance. There should be gaps in all of these things because these gaps are sourced from gaps that we have complete control over. See, a lot of people think incorrectly that the gaps in these areas, and just these are just some examples that I threw out here, are somehow they were manufactured by some bad people or by the government or by someone who's trying to hold you down and block you from being successful because you are filling the blank with what you are, whatever group you feel like is marginalized or not getting 
know, the diversity, inclusion, equity that you feel your group deserves, that this has been taught to you. This is not something that most people didn't come up with this based on their own independent thinking, because if you really thought about it, there's no way you can come to this conclusion if you're a person who actually knows how to think critically. So what we're going to talk about here today are the actual inequalities that lead to these inequalities, because nothing in life exists just in a vacuum. Things don't just happen randomly. There's something that leads to everything. Every cause has an effect. All right, actions have consequences, right? People like to say that when something happens to somebody that they don't like. Well, let's talk about it also when something happens to someone that you do like. What about something happens to you? All right, there are actions that led to these outcomes. There are inputs that led to the outputs. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. So the inequalities between groups and the inequalities within groups exist all through life. So if you compare men to women, there are inequalities between men and women. Guess what? There are inequalities amongst women. You just take the men out of it. If you just compare women to women, you're going to find inequalities. You compare black people to black people, you will find inequalities. You compare Jewish people to Jewish people, you will find inequalities. Inequalities exist everywhere. So what we're going to address today are some of the disciplines, actions, and principles that actually lead to and contribute to the existence and the expansion of these inequalities, especially some of which rarely get discussed when your favorite morality hustlers, that's a new thing, morality hustlers, people want to tell you that the reason that you're not succeeding is because someone has morally gone against you so that you can feel like a victim. You have a built-in excuse for not achieving things. Then you got the race hustler. That's not a new thing. I've talked about that. Those are the people whose entire business model is built around telling you that the only reason that you are not successful is because someone has come up with a process or a system to hold you down just because you're the wrong race. I talked about race hustlers in episode 1824. So today we're going to come clean on all of this and get clear on all of this. What are the inequalities that nobody talks about that you should be talking about? And even if you don't talk about them, you should at least think about them. You should keep them in mind when you show up to work today, because these are the real differences that you have 100% control over. You can't point to anyone. You can't blame anyone. You can't be a victim about these ones. These are the ones that you have control over. Keeping in mind, folks, that I have said many times, and I will say many times in the future, 99% of life you have no control over. So even if you think that there is some mass conspiracy against you because you are blank, whatever group you feel like there's a conspiracy against that you're a part of, you feel there's a conspiracy against you because you're gay, because you're black, because you're male, because you're female, because of where you're from, because you're a certain religion, because whatever. All right. I want you to understand something. Even if you 100% believe that and you can back it up with argument, 99% of life you don't control. Let's just say that exists. I don't agree, but let's just say it does. Maybe that's part of the 99% that you don't control. Now, you don't control it. So my question to you is, with this established, what are you going to do? Are you just going to curl up in a ball and die? like a little bitch, because you think there's some kind of conspiracy against you and your group, whatever that group happens to be, or will you take control of the 1% of life that you do have control over? What we're going to talk about here today is that 1%, some things that exist in that 1% that you do have control over. And if you're not taking control over these things that's in this 1%, I don't want to hear anything about the 99%. Are we clear? Point number one, today's topic, once again, is the inequalities that do not get discussed. Number one, effort and work ethic. This is one of the simplest inequalities that exists in life and one that should always be looked at and examined before any of us makes any condemnation of any group or circumstance in which there is a big gap in outcome or groups or circumstances in which there's a big gap in outcome. So if you notice there's a big gap in outcome between group A and group B, instead of saying, oh, well, this outcome is because of whatever surface differences you can notice, like, oh, well, these are men, these are women, or these people are black, these people are white, these people are Catholic, these people are 
Christian. Instead of looking at the surface differences and saying, well, the gap must be because of these surface differences, how about we look at the actual, the things that these people can control, which is not, you can't control whether you're male or female. Yeah, I guess maybe I, that's about to change, I guess, in some places. You can't control whether you're black or white. You can't control whether you're, I mean, generally you can control what religion you're a part of, but most of the time people are born into these. What can we control though? We control our effort and we control our work ethic. Does everybody agree with that? How much effort the group that's losing, when you notice that there's a disparity between group A and group B, how much effort is the group that's losing actually putting in compared to the effort of the group that's winning? Is that a legitimate question to be asked? I mean, I think any critical thinker should be asking that question. How strong is the work ethic of the group of people who are behind in this comparison? Are, are they putting in the same amount of work? Are they giving as much effort? See, the good thing about this one is that it's easily observable, if not measurable. You can at least observe and see, okay, well, this person who's making more money at the job than this other person, they actually work more hours. They show up more often. They get more of their projects done. They're hitting their quotas more often. Right, does that not play a role in why they are actually doing better? I would think so. Good thing about this, again, easily observable. So there doesn't need to be a story or a narrative about something that can easily be observed. We can just observe people's actions and there's no story. It's just truth. See, if someone is achieving more outcomes than you, let's take a look at where they are putting their efforts compared to where you are putting your efforts. Is this going to be the entire story? Maybe not, but is this going to be part of the story? I would think so. See, it's not only a matter of whether you are working, it is what you are working on. Let me give you an example. If someone works 60 hours a week at Taco Bell, that probably is not going to pay as well as 60 hours a week as a coder working for Google. Can we agree? But to stick to the topic, often difference in outcomes for people can often, it can very often be traced to this very simple comparison, the comparison of effort. Sometimes one person is outperforming another person or outachieving, or they have more rewards than another person simply because they are giving more effort than the other individual. Did you hear the episodes on the show where I talked about where I came from and how we got here? No, right, it wasn't that long ago. That was episodes number 2352, 2353, and 2354. What I tell you happened after my freshman year of college, with my teammates from the basketball team. I'll tell you very simply, I didn't see any of those guys again in the gym after basketball season ended. When basketball season ended my freshman year of college, none of my teammates who had just played a whole basketball season with me ever came in the gym again. These guys didn't, they didn't take any time to independently work on their games. They played, they came and they practiced when you know, the coach said we had practice, they would come to that. And when we had games, they would come to that. But when it was time where they could choose voluntarily to work on their game so they could get better on their own, on their own volition, none of them did it. Not a single one of my college teammates did it. And as a matter of fact, one of my college teammates who I played with my freshman year, he was a freshman the same year I was a freshman. He actually just wrote me on LinkedIn the other day. And as a matter of fact, I need to write him back. But he's a guy also. He never came back in the gym. I never seen him in the gym again after that. I never seen any of the upperclassmen guys in the gym again after that. And this is not to say that that makes them bad people is to explain that later that summer when I got quote unquote lucky and a random coach from a different campus saw me on campus and recruited me on the spot. And that's how I ended up at Penn State Altoona. That happened because I was creating my own luck by going out and being prepared. What do they say luck is? Is when preparation meets opportunity, right? So the opportunity was this random coach was on campus walking around doing something else. The preparation was I was on campus walking around working on my game and the preparation and the opportunity met, I got lucky. That's how it happened. But none of my teammates put themselves in a position to get lucky because they were not doing the preparatory work that I was doing. Does everybody understand why I'm giving you this anecdote, this example here? None of my college teammates came back in the gym after the season and 
understand we had three months of school after the season ended. So it's not like the season ended and then there was summertime. So I, yes, I was coming up to the gym and to the campus in the summertime to work on my game, but we still had school. Basketball season ends in like February. When does the college semester end? The spring semester on the college campus, most of them, the semester ends in, in May. Basketball season ended in February. So we had all of March, all of April, and a little bit of May. i never seen any of those dudes again. Did that play a role in how I got lucky? I would think so. When I graduated from college, for example, I continued to make efforts to play professional basketball, even though there were no opportunities in front of me to actually do it. But because of my efforts to try to make it happen, I was able to make it happen. While I want you all to understand that hard work is not the key to success, it is, as I've said, every time I say that, I also follow up by saying it is an element of success. You're not going to find a successful person who doesn't work hard. You will find many failures, though, who don't work hard. Point number two. We are talking here today about the inequalities that don't get discussed, the ones that don't get brought up when people are always talking about inequalities. Here's the second inequality. It's inequality in ideas and vision. In other words, ask a bunch of people the following question. What do you see as a possibility for yourself? And what you'd be very surprised at. If you were to ask five people this question, I think just five will, will blow your mind. Ask five people this question. What do you see as a possibility for yourself? And you will be very surprised at the disparity in the answers that you get, the difference in answers that you get from different people. Even if you just ask five people, the differences of what they see as possible for themselves. Ask people, what are they aiming for in life? Ask people what their goals are in life. Again, anybody can give any answer that they want. All right? Saying that something's a goal doesn't mean you have to do it. Doesn't mean you have to keep trying. You can change your mind tomorrow if you want to. But just asking people this question, you will notice that there's a wide range in what people see as possible for themselves in life. And I'm one who has said that in the long run of life, your outcomes just become a reflection of your expectations. So if you have low expectations or average expectations for yourself, generally, that's pretty much what you're going to achieve. If you have high expectations and lofty ambitions about what you could possibly achieve, usually you end up there. This is just how it works in life. Because when you expect something, you will take actions around that expectation. So you expect a high amount of outcome, you're going to do a high amount of input in order to get the outcome. You expect average, you're going to do average. And what do we just say? What do we talk about here all the time? Be, do, and have. How you are thinking, i.e. your expectations, leads to your actions, i.e. what you do, and that leads to your results, i.e. what you have. Be, do, have. See, this question is not so much about your ability and capacity for doing work. Actually, it's not about that at all. It's about what you see as possible for yourself compared to what other people see as possible for themselves. And the simple difference often in life between two different people is not their abilities, is not the opportunities that were laid in front of them. It is not whether there's some system that is working for them or against them. These are the common excuses that people like to use every day. The common, the big difference between two people, they can grow up in the same neighborhood, they can grow up in the same house even, they end up with completely different outcomes is what each person sees as possible for themselves. What do you see as possible for yourself? If you're a person listening to this who has never made $80,000 in a year, do you think it's possible to make $80,000 in a year? For you, not for anybody, but for you. You never made 150. Do you think it's possible to make 150? You never made 500,000. Do you think it's possible to make 500,000? You never made a million. Do you think it's possible? And all of these are for you personally. Do you think it's possible for you to make a million if you've never done it before? And I bet if you ask 10 people this question, you're going to get some people who will say, yes, it is possible for me to do this thing that I've never done before. But also you're going to get people who say, you know what? I don't think it's possible for me to do this thing that I've never done before. And they both will be completely convinced of their answer. And the thing is, they should be convinced that they're both right. Whether you think you can be successful or you think you can be a failure, either way, you're right. All right. There are different versions of that saying, you want to paraphrase it, that gets said all the time because it's true. It's weird, though. 
It may seem weird, let's say. Assuming that we all have some level of work ethic and we have the space to give effort, we have the energy to give effort, that there's this big separation between people who are at a certain level of competency and accomplishment. Let me explain it in a different way. The difference between making $100,000 and making a million dollars is not working 10 times harder, even though a million dollars is literally 10 times more than 100,000. The difference between the two is not you need to work 10 times harder and make 10 times the money. The difference is often in the ideas that we are working on in our vision in pursuit of the thing that we want to achieve is what ideas do you utilize to try to reach the outcome that you think you can reach or that you're trying to reach? Vision. Difference in vision often leads to a difference in outcomes. Let me give you another example. So NBA legend Larry Bird, he used to play for the Boston Celtics back in the 80s and a little bit into the 90s. So he's been retired for almost probably 30 years now. But Larry Bird, years back, maybe about 10 to 15 years ago, ESPN did this docu-series or maybe it might have been one episode documentary about Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. These are the two guys who, if you know anything about basketball, the last 40 years of basketball, that Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are pretty much credited with saving the NBA. Because at the time that these two guys came into the league was in 1979. The NBA was, it was a product that was kind of, it was very mediocre. The NBA wasn't doing that great. It wasn't doing terrible, but it wasn't doing great either. There was a big drug problem in the league because during the, the 70s going into the 80s, there were a lot of people who got hooked on all kinds of drugs in America. The NBA was not an exception to this. They did not avoid this. The product wasn't that amazing in that the mainstream casual fan was not checking for the NBA. People watching the NBA were, for the most part, hardcore basketball fans. The NBA Finals, for example, if you could even imagine this, used to come on take delay. If you don't know what take delay means, that means the game would happen at, let's say, 7.30 p.m but it wouldn't actually come on TV until 11.30 p.m. So they would film the game, record it, and then they would put it out on delay four hours after the game had actually started. Why? Because there was not a huge mainstream demand to see the game live. That's how challenged the NBA was as a product back at this time, late 70s going into the early 80s. But then these two guys, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, came into the league, and their presence revitalized, first of all, the NBA itself, the product of the NBA, and it also got a lot of casual mainstream fans to start paying attention to the NBA. And because Magic and Larry were actually good, it actually helped it even more. Once people start paying attention, they notice, oh, this is actually good. And basketball grew and grew and got more and more popular. And then about five years later, this guy named Michael Jordan came into the league and he helped expand it even more. But it was Magic and Larry are credited. If you follow anyone who is a basketball historian, they'll tell you Magic and Larry are the ones who helped take the NBA mainstream. Michael Jordan just added rocket fuel to taking it mainstream. But it was those two guys, then Jordan, right after that. But anyway, I'm bringing up Larry Bird for a reason, is that Larry Bird said later on in his career, because they did this documentary about him and Magic, Larry Bird, this probably came around 2010, and Larry Bird said, you know, when I came into the NBA as this you know, kid from rural Indiana, I just wanted to make a million dollars. If I could make a million dollars, I'd be happy. I just wanted to make a million dollars. I've never seen a million dollars before. I just wanted to make a million dollars. And you got to understand back then, NBA salaries were not anything close to what they are now. So you went and have some bumps and at the end of the bench making a million dollars. Back then, you didn't have that. But now you do. But back then, you did not. So Larry wanted to make his million dollars. And then he said, Magic, who they became friends, they competed with each other for a decade, but they later on became friends. Larry said, Magic Johnson, though, he wanted to make $100 million. The good news, Larry Bird concluded, is that we both accomplished our goal. I'm sharing that to help you understand that the difference in vision and the difference in ideas plays a big role in what we end up doing. Larry Bird's goal, his vision, was a million dollars. Magic Johnson's vision was $100 million. They both achieved their outcomes.
And there are people out there who say stuff like, well, you know what? I don't need to make a lot of money or I don't need to have a lot of luxury in my life. You know, I'm okay with just making enough to pay my bills, have a modest home and a car. All right, that's fine. If that's what you want. You want enough money that you can go on vacation maybe once or twice a year? Fine. You're completely all right with that lifestyle. That's completely fine. I want you to understand, though, that on the other hand, there are people who say, you know what? I need a lot more than that. I want to live a life of luxury. I want to travel first class everywhere I go. I want to buy luxury goods without looking at the price tag. I basically want to live my life on vacation. I want my life to look like a vacation even when I'm not on vacation. And they want to earn enough money such that they can afford that type of lifestyle. I'm not saying that either one of these is right or wrong. I'm just helping you understand that both people are going to get what they aim for. The person who says, you know what, I just want to make 60 grand a year and you know, have a modest home and a nice car and be able to pay my bills and you know, eat food and go on vacation once a year and go to the movies once a month. If that's what you want. That's usually what you're going to end up with. And the person who says, you know what, I want to make that much every week, they usually end up with that too. So this is the difference, the inequality in vision and ideas. And that inequality in vision and ideas leads to a difference in what we do, and at least to a difference in what we get. See, this is, again, another inequality that doesn't get discussed, but it's a real thing. Point number three, today's topic, once again, is the inequalities that don't get discussed. Number three, risk taking and responsibility. This is another difference, is another inequality that you rarely hear talked about. Difference in how much risk you're willing to take on, how much responsibility you're willing to have on your shoulders. Everything I said in point number two sounds really good, right? The person who says, you know, I want to make, well, some people talk about making it in a year. I want to make that every week. And some people talk about going on vacation once a year. I want to go on vacation whenever I feel like it. If I just wake up one day and decide, you know what? I just want to go on vacation today. And you could just actually do it. The people who want to live that lifestyle understand something. That sounds great until it's time to actually do the work that is required to achieve it. All right. There are times on your journey to success, especially those of you who are ambitious and you have big goals. There are going to be times where you have to stick your neck out and invest a little bit more or maybe a lot more than you were expecting to invest in forms of time, money, attention, energy, and focus, your five forms of investment. There are times you got to give more than you thought you were going to have to give. And as it is in life, you will not have a guarantee of success before you make that investment. You're going to have to make the investment and there's no guarantee it's going to work. Now, here's where we find out if you really want that lifestyle that you said you wanted, because you don't have a guarantee it's going to work. Now, even with all of that, you are still responsible for making the investment, seeing it through, doing everything you can to make sure that it does produce the returns you want, even though there's no guarantee that it produces the returns you want. The most successful people are usually the people who have the most power, and the people who have the most power are those who are the ones who are willing to take on the most responsibility. People who are successful usually have power because they've created success. When you create success, you have power because you have something that people want. We call that value. And power comes with a, in a package deal with responsibility, which you know if you listen to the show, because we talk about this all the time. So the most successful people, by deductive reasoning, are usually those who are willing to take on the most responsibility. You cannot have power without responsibility. And unless you are lucky enough to be born into a position of privilege, you probably will have to take some risks in order to empower yourself, at least at first. Only people who are able to achieve power without taking risks are people who happen to get, be lucky enough to be born into a family where someone else took some risks in order to acquire power. So they already took the risk, so you don't have to. All right, Hove did that, so hopefully you don't have to go through that. All right, that's power without having to take on a bunch of responsibility. Those are few and far between. All the rest of us, we got to take on some responsibility in order to get power. So the next time you see that there's a gap in outcomes between different people or different groups, whatever kind of group, First of all, before you condemn it or say that it must be some kind of conspiracy theory, ask yourself about these three points that I just discussed and see where the gaps are in these as well, because these are the questions that often don't get asked 
And even when they do get asked, they often are conveniently ignored by people who have a hustle to push a different idea on you. So let's recap what these are. Again, the topic once again today is the inequalities that do not get discussed. The three inequalities are number one, inequalities of effort and work ethic. This is one of the simplest qualities that exist in life and one that should always be looked at and examined before you come to any other conclusion about why there's a difference between person A and person B or group A and group B. Usually it's just group A is just working harder than group B. Person A is just putting in more effort than person B. And that matters a lot when it comes to creating success. And also keeping in mind that where you do your work matters as much as what work you do. 60 hours at Taco Bell does not pay the same amount as 60 hours working at Google as a software engineer. So applying your trade such that you can produce maximum return investment if that is what you care about. When I was a freshman in college, again, never saw my college teammates again after the basketball season ended because these guys weren't serious about working on their games. And their outcomes were a reflection of the fact they weren't serious about working on their games. Point number two, ideas and vision. What do you see as possible for yourself? What are you aiming for? What are your goals? What do you think you can achieve? What do you think you cannot achieve? All of us have some work ethic and a way to give effort, but a big separation happens between people based on what we think is possible for ourselves. Many of us are working on a vision of what we think is possible. So if you think your vision is 2% higher than where you are right now, that's the way you're going to show up. And those are the ideas that you're going to be supplied from your subconscious mind. But if you think your, if your vision on other, not think, but you know, your vision is 200 times higher up than where you are right now. Can we all agree that you're probably going to take some different actions? The person who only sees themselves as 2% better than they are right now. Like Larry Bird said, he wants to make a million dollars. His friend Magic Johnson wanted to make a hundred million dollars. The good news is both of them achieved their outcome. Now you choose what your outcome is. Nobody is right or wrong about this, but it's usually both in that everybody gets what they aim for. Point number three, risk-taking and responsibility. Now, everything I just talked about on point number two sounds good until it's time for people to actually do the work. So there are times in your journey to success where you're going to have to stick your neck out and invest a little bit more than you expected in terms of time, money, attention, energy, and focus. Understand these are your five forms of investment, and you may have to put in this additional investment in order to continue to move yourself forward. Understand the most successful people are those with the most power and most powerful people are the ones who take on the most responsibility. You cannot have power without responsibility. And unless you're lucky enough to be born into a position of privilege, you're going to have to take on some risk in order to acquire that power. So take a look at these three things. Next time you notice an inequality between people, inequality between groups, because usually it's one of these three things, effort, ideas, and ideas, vision, execution and risk-taking responsibility that actually can tell you the whole story of why there's a gap between this group, this group, or this person, and that person. All said, text me to get my daily motivation to your phone for free. My number is 305-384-6894. And go to workonyourgame.net, get access to my free training, five things that people who play in the top 1% are doing that you are probably not doing. I will tell you what those things are and how you can make your adjustments. Go to workonyourgame.net. The training is completely free. All you're going to do is set aside 45 minutes of your time. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number. 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.